You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. In your Bibles tonight, we're in Isaiah chapter 4. Isaiah chapter 4, if you'll turn in your Bibles. Uh, It was a different message, but I was in this text a few months ago in College Chapel. And uh, I love the text that God used it many years ago in my life. I'm not as smart as Mr. Schofield. And he has chapter 4, verse 1, the vision of the future kingdom. I believe that is beginning in verse 2. I believe verse one, of course, the divisions were made by man. The division of verse one, chapter four, verse one, what appeared to me would fall in chapter three as they're speaking about this awful time of bloodshed of mankind and so many men will be uh, killed. The Bible says in chapter number three, verse 18, in that day the Lord will take away bravery and uh, it talks about their very armaments and the ladies and the men and all that. And it shall come to pass, verse 24, that the, instead of a sweet smell, there shall be a stink. Instead of a girdle, a rent. Instead of a well-set hair, baldness. And instead of a stomacher, a girding of sackcloth and burning instead of beauty. And men, that's a key verse. It's one reason I think it goes right into verse number one. In men shall fall by the sword and the mighty in war. And there is coming a war, a bloodbath like this world has never seen before. And, uh, and the Bible says, and the men, mighty men, will fall in war. As a result of the, uh, the many that men will take its to- toll on death on their toll, uh, chapter four, verse one, and in that day, seven women, seven women shall take hold of one man. There's gonna be, and I don't mean this at all humorous at all, I don't think it's humorous to read the Bible and make jokes or fun, but, but in that day seven women would take hold of one man, and these one, the one man is a result of, there's so many ladies and so very few men that are marrying quality. You know, in, in, in Eastern custom, and please, if you're single, it is not a shame. But in Eastern custom, it was a shame. Ladies would hang their head because they were not married. And the Bible says in that day, there's gonna be a shortage of men. And seven women will take hold of one man. Notice what the Bible says. They're not interested in being married. That's not what they're interested in. The Bible says, we will eat our own bread. In other words, you don't have to take care of us. We don't want you to take care of us. We, we want to take care of ourselves. We will eat our own bread. We will wear our own apparel. You don't have to worry about us. We'll provide our clothing. We'll provide our food. Only let us be called by thy name. We just want your name. We don't want to be single. We don't want to be an individual without a name, because the Bible says we want your name to take away our reproach. We don't want to be embarrassed. 
What are these ladies saying? We just really, quite frankly, want to do our own thing. Tonight, I want to speak on this subject. Independence destroys. We are living in a world right now where every man is doing that which is right in his own eyes. We don't like someone who's come up behind him, hit him in the head, whether they be elderly. Again, this week, several elderly people just knocked in the head and knocked out because some young kid comes by and says, I don't want them, I don't like them. They're the right, the right this, the right that, whatever it might be, and I'm just gonna go ahead and do what I wanna do. I wanna run to the beat of my own job. I'm gonna be my, I'll do it my way. I'll take over your building and burn your streets and build your, and destroy your businesses and I'll camp there because I want to do what I want to do. That's anarchy. And mayors come out and say, they have their rights to do that, Portland. How's that working for you, Portland? It's not working. You know, tonight COVID has been a good thing. COVID has revealed one, our need for God. We need God, amen, we need God. COVID's been good for the North Valley Baptist Church because you dear people have conquered the outdoors. We're in tents, we're in open air, we're in cars. It's where we have to be right now. And quite frankly, government that's watching tonight, and I know you watch, you have not won. We're doing okay. We're still preaching. We're still singing. We're still stirring the baptism. We're still seeing people saved. We're still tithing and giving. We finished our 400th church building a building and paying a pastor's salary for a year in the Philippines. We kept all of our missionaries on the field, 160 some of them this last year. I'll tell you what, God's people at North Valley Baptist Church have seen God conquer a great victory. We're running buses. It's wonderful, it's wonderful. COVID's been good, we need God. COVID's been good, it's allowed this church to conquer something. COVID's been good because it's revealed who's in and who's out. In every church. I have more pastors saying to me, I've got good people that have been here for years, they're just out. They're not even coming to church. Some don't come because there's a health condition. And I know Brother Manuel Nunes, I failed to mention your name, you're at home watching, came out of the hospital with his cancer this week and you pray for him just right down the street. We love Brother Manuel and Maria. And I tell you what, I won't want him here. He's, he's, he's too susceptible right now. So I know there's that. But I tell you what, I don't understand how you can walk away nationwide from Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and not have a longing in your heart to come and meet God and sing and meet the people of God. I don't know what that's about. You know what this COVID is by way of introduction? What it's also revealed worldwide? I believe every pastor that's watching could agree with me and I believe every Christian there's a restlessness in our country right now. There's a restlessness in our churches. There's an uncertainty. There's a nervousness. There's a confusion. There's a, there's a frustration. It's very obvious it's anxiety. Our county, 
came out with their report this week, our state and the nation. We now have, as a result of the last 15 months, one out of every five Americans, 65 million people that were not on any anxiety medication pre-COVID are now on anxiety pills. 65 million people. You health directors should be ashamed. You're crazy. And by the way, the largest crowd of users are young people. Prescription drugs because they're nervous, the anxiety, there's restlessness. Now hold you responsible, you folks that want to put a stop to all the freedoms that we've enjoyed. But you haven't stopped the work of God. God's work still goes on. Tonight, we're seeing there's a independence in our churches and an independence in America. I'll do what I want to do and no one's going to tell me anything. America, through all this, needed, I'll tell you what America needed more than ever, strong, last 15 months, 449, 400 and, what did I say, Brother Cooper, 429 days today, it's in the bulletin. What America needed these last 429 days were strong, soul winning, preaching, singing churches. You go to every city in America, churches are still closed. You know, preachers, it must be a kind of a nice schedule. I'm not talking about leather lung preachers. I'm talking about these preachers that don't have to go to hospital visits and rest home visits and jails any longer. You don't have to have funerals. You don't have to have weddings. You don't have to do any of this door-to-door stuff. You just have to show up on a Sunday morning with your little camera and do a little service, and you're done for the week. And yet you still pick up a paycheck. Shame on you. There's ever a time the country needed churches, it's now. If there's ever a time the country needed strong Christian homes, it's right now. If there's ever a time we needed strong youth groups, it's right now. If there's ever a time we needed strong Bible colleges, it's right now. And tonight, we have people laying out of church and quitting church and moving all over America. We had probably at least, oh, I guess we were down this year because of uh, all the, the whole thing of graduation. We must have 25, 30, 35 pastors here that I talked to and everyone without fail said, what is this thing about moving all over the country? I had several pastors right by this tractor said, my people are still working in my area, but they're moving all over the world. They, they can work remote. And I've had more pastors say, sometimes they move and you don't even know they're gone. The best we get is an email, by the way, we're moving. That's not how you leave a church. The shepherd is not there just for marrying and burying. It's time we realize the home, the church are important. These ladies said, we just want your name. We just want a Christian school. We just want to have a nice wedding. And we've had so many out here and they've all been beautiful. We just, we just want a graduation for our kids. We just want a funeral for our loved ones. Oh, but there's much more than a Christian life than that, friend. Turn with me, if you will, to Isaiah 29. In Isaiah 29, in verse number 13, 
this sort of tells you where these people were at. The Lord, wherefore the Lord said, for as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me and fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. It seems like, it seems like to me, the people of God, and I guess I'm preaching the choir, you folks know this, but it seems like nationwide, the people of God, their decision maker is broken. We're making decisions that are so foolish. Chapter number 30, if you will, chapter 30, verse one, God said to these people, woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me. Where's your counsel coming? Is God involved and the leader of the council and the decisions you're trying to make? They take counsel, but not of me. They walk to go down into Egypt. They've not asked my mouth. They just decide to go to a different place and strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and trust in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore shall your strength of Pharaoh be your shame. And the trust of the shadow of Egypt, your confusion. I'm not suggesting that I'm getting where I'm going. But I'm not suggesting you can never leave this church. But this church, just like any other church, has had people move all over the world, all over the country, and almost without fail, they never checked if there was a good church. I have a good family that I know, I, I know, they don't know I know, but I know they're gonna move. And you think you're gonna move to a good church, but I know the church, the church is gone. Just look at who they're having to come preach. The church is gone. And in three years, your family will not have a good, solid church. You look at where that church is going, you look who they're having to come in preaching here. You look at the fire, the fire, the zeal. I'm saying, folks, you don't have to have me as your pastor. You don't have to have this church. And I understand that. But your decision maker cannot be broken that you're just doing your own thing. Chapter number 30 and verse number, chapter number 30, verse number nine. The Bible says, this is a rebellious people. Lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, see not and to the prophets, prophesy not the right things, speaking of smooth things, prophecy, deceits. What a tragedy, chapter 31, verse one. Woe to them that go down to Egypt, similar to chapter 30, for help and stay on the horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in the horsemen because they are very strong. But they look not to the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. Now tonight, as you turn to chapter 56, notice what he says, even the pre preachers are involved with. Chapter 56, verse 10, the watchmen, the pastors that should be alert because God's house is a house of prayer, verse seven. The preachers, verse 10, are blind. They're ignorant. They're dumb dogs. They cannot bark. They're sleeping, they're sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs which can never have enough and they are shepherds that cannot understand. 
and they all look to their own way, everyone for his own game from the quarter. Come ye, say that I will fetch wine, and we will fill ourselves with strong drink, and tomorrow shall be the day, and much more abundant. They're, they're living for a dream that's not gonna happen because it's built upon a fallacy. Tonight, decision-making. Decision-making. Isaiah's been preaching to these people for 62 years. Brother Bobby Robertson preached 61 years at the great Gospel Light Baptist Church. He mirrored the ministry of Isaiah. And I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, I feel more than ever an urgency to get our people ready for these last days. I'm just so very grateful that we have a church that wants to sing and wants to go soul winning and wants to tithe and wants to pray and the prayer meetings are up and the soul winning's up and the Bible distribution is up and the giving to missions is up and I'm just so very, very grateful but we cannot change now. You ever get tired? COVID for you has had to be a very difficult thing but these last 15 months has been a struggle for your pastor as well. It's been wearisome. It's been nothing but a lot of pressure and taking day after day these great needs to the Lord. I wonder you dear pastors, and again, it's probably not the preachers that are watching, but I wonder, pastor, because you could not go soul winning in many areas and you could not go to the hospitals and you could not go to the jails and you could not go to the rest homes, we're still not allowed in the rest homes. We had 15 rest homes we were ministering in. Can't get in yet. But pastor, I wonder how you filled that time. Did you take those hours that you would go hospital visiting and jail ministries and rest homes and did you say, I think I'm gonna spend these hours in prayer America needs some prayer work, some preachers that have pray. This country of ours is unraveling. I gave the news up the first day of November and I want you to know something, that if I knew all that was going on, I probably would not believe it, but I know enough because I hear people say things. And I know we have a president that is anti-God. And everything he does, it seems like from what I hear, is blasphemy, whether it be a child's life or whether it be trying try to describe what a man is or a woman is or you name it, it's just blasphemy against the holy God. Men of God, if there's ever a time we needed prayer warriors and men to pray and preachers that can't get to the jails but they can get to the throne of grace, it's today. Decision making. In your life and in my life, we are gonna make decisions Tonight I get to my message and I'll be very quickly, quick now. Brother Cooper reminded me in the bulletin, it said the hot dog fellowship begins at seven o'clock. Those that wanna get out of church probably need it the most, don't you think? Mrs. Cooper, God bless you. You put up with an awful lot, I know you do. Brother Cooper will be preaching next Sunday all day. It's gonna be exciting. Decision-making. You'll remember it, I hope. You don't have to write it down. How do you make decisions? Not I got a better job over here. 
I have more money over here. It's cheaper over here. You don't make decisions based on money. How do you make a decision? It's based, number one, on the will of God. God has a will for your life. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. A will of God is a desire for your life. It's a purpose for your life. It's a plan for your life. I must confess, teenage boys down here, when I was your age, I didn't know the will of God for my life. I didn't know it'd be a preacher. I never even thought it'd be a preacher. But I know this for a fact. I just tried to obey the present will. I tried to obey my parents. I tried to love and obey my pastor and his wife. I tried to do what I was supposed to do as a teenager. And you know, as you continue to fulfill the will of God, which you know, God will give you more of his will. In his good time, after being an assistant pastor for four years, I thank God that he gave me so many years ago this opportunity to be called the pastor of the great North Valley Baptist Church. And these 45 plus years here have been such a blessing from God. And I want to tell you, friend, I didn't know when I graduated from Bible college I'd be a pastor. And I did not know it when I was an assistant at first. I knew God was doing something. And I, but I, I didn't know how to preach. I don't know if I still do. But I do know this, that I do know that God's will for my life. And I can look back now after a long ministry and say, I have been in the will of God. He called me to preach his word. God has a will for your life. He said, I don't know what it is. Then don't make any decision. You have to know the will of God first. God will make his will plain to you. We find the will of God. How do I, how do I make decisions? Base it on the will of God. Secondly, you base it on the house of God. Get to God's house. What do I think? I think the Lord's leading me to not go to church. You've got to be kidding me. Jesus gave his life for the church. He died to give us this New Testament ecclesia of the church, a called out assembly. And you don't think it's very important, thank God you do tonight. I'm suggesting tonight you're gonna find the will of God at the house of God. You'll find the will of God in the will of God. You'll find what God wants in the word of God. And it's not like this. But the more you read this book, you know, oh, there it says, go east. That's not the will of God. You begin to read this word and this word that you hide in, the heart, in your heart, God's gonna reveal his plan for your life through the word of God, through the house of God, through the will of God, through the man of God. And I say that because I feel so often, oh wretched man that I am, I feel such a sorry preacher and pastor. I think, oh my goodness, these dear, dear people, they deserve so much. But if I'm not your man of God, then please, I'm not mad at you. Find the best church in America that has a man of God for your life and follow the leadership of the man of God. I think of those people that had the joy of sitting under, we had the radio broadcast, the preachers of yesterday, we'd play their voices when they preached here and when they were on the radio different times and things they'd said. We heard Harold B. Seitler and Oliver B. Green, and Bobby Robertson, and Lee Robertson, and Tom Malone, and we heard Lester Roloff, and these men that have preached here, and Curtis Hudson. We heard these great men of God, and I tell you what, 
Those church members had the privilege to sit at the feet of a Bobby Robertson and some stayed home. The will of God, the house of God, the word of God, the man of God, faith in God, just faith in God. You have demonstrated for the last 429 days, great faith, not in government, not in self, but great faith in God. It doesn't hail here. It doesn't snow here. But oh, when it hailed during pastor's conference, big hail and came down and there's been raining people singing here, pull out an umbrella and sing under umbrella and preaching goes on in the rain. I've got several pages of this new Bible that are all bubbled up because of places where I preached and the rain would come in here. Oh, the people of God sat where it was cold at times and it's been hot in the summer at times, but you've experienced and revealed faith, trust, belief in God and God has blessed your faith. If it's not a decision of faith, it's not of God. Every building we built on this property, the other property was always a building of faith. We could not purchase this property. God provided it some 25 years ago. We could not build this building. Legally, it was not possible. And legally, that wasn't possible. And legally, that wasn't possible. And legally, that 3,000 seat auditorium wasn't possible. But they all sit here tonight and the commons was not possible. But they're all sitting here approved by the city and certified and thank God for it. And thank God for the fact that God's people raise money by faith. Years ago, I was raising money for a building over there at the other property. We had just completed a 32,000 square foot building. We're getting ready to build a three story, 20,000 square foot building. But I didn't know we were gonna build that building. I just knew we always had building banquets. And I said, folks, you come to the building banquet. I'm gonna give you the direction. I didn't have the direction, they knew it. So I began to call it building, giving by faith. Giving by faith. I said, I don't know what we're giving to, but I believe by faith we ought to give and God's people reached down and gave huge amounts of money. Six months later, I said, we're having another banquet for our building. They said, what are we building? I said, I have no idea. We'll call it giving by faith too. And we had giving by faith too and God's people reached down and sacrificed and we had more in that account. Six months later, I said, it's time for our banquet again. And we're gonna give more money. Brother Bill, you remember these. We had giving by faith three. I still did not know what we were gonna do, Brother Russ. Six months later, we had giving by faith four. And you know what happened? Those people kept giving and giving and giving and attending and faithful and soul winning and knocking on doors and loving people and driving buses and reaching people for Christ. You know what took place? God gave us a plan of attack. After two years and four banquets, Brother Sam, you probably remember that, giving by faith. I want you to know tonight that God always honors faith. Whatsoever is not a faith is sin. Mother and dads, you can give your children back to God because they're the heritage of the Lord. And you say, well, what if they go to the mission field? God's gonna take care of them. 
God always takes care of his children. God, nothing surprises God. Number six, decisions should be made as we are in submission to God. We said tonight, the will of God, the word of God, the house of God, the work of God, the, the word of God, the man of God, the faith in God, submission to God. Submission says, I surrender. There's some here that are not, they're sitting here tonight and there's some here tonight that are watching. You ought to just say, Lord, my hands are off my life. My life, Lord, is yours to control. There's a, to me, a hero here tonight, a husband and wife that went 25 years to London. I think you're in London. Is that what we said tonight? England? London, I think, is given over to Muslims now, predominantly. But thank God for a man and a wife that will leave home and kindred. And I'll tell you what, then we get on the other side. I'll be at the end of the line watching these missionaries that have served God and given up everything for God. I, I want you to know so many times people say, well, I'll never own a house if I live here. I know that. But missionaries are the same. They give up mothers and dads in Christmas and New Year's and Mother's Day and Father's Day and sometimes come back from the field to bury their mothers and fathers, but they're preaching the gospel and getting the word to, to the nations that need Christ. I find that number seven, when you wait on God. I think at times I've wearied people with the lawsuits we've been in and Weary people with, let's just go in, let's just go in. I claimed it, Exodus 14, 14, this battle is God's fight. It's his battle. The next one may be ours, it might be Jericho. This is God's fight. And I'm not going to move until I know God wants us to move. I'm going to wait on God. I'm going to wait on God's plan for this church. Oh, yes, we're on the big campaign, debt retirement, getting rid of all the debt. There's so much that beats in this heart for buildings that will follow debt retirement. Debt retirement is not the end of a thing. It's the beginning of a new thing. There's still people to reach. There's still souls to be saved. That's part of my introduction. I'm out of time. Tonight we have folks that are making decision based on fear or based on finances or based on faulty counsel. Don't, don't hang around scorners. God's word commands you not to walk with scorners, Psalm 1.1. But he says, he that walk with wise men, Proverbs 13.20, shall be wise. Don't make your decisions based on fear and finances and faulty counsel and on family pressure. Make your decisions based on the will of God, the word of God, the house of God, the man of God, the faith in God, the submission to God, the waiting on God. It was 1872. 
and husband was busy in his task at work. That 36-year-old woman was a busy housewife. She was so busy that day, and she became overwhelmed with all the tasks that she was trying to perform, and there was no electric wash machines, and you know what it must have been like for those dear ladies. But as she worked and really slaved over her family that day and preparing for her family and caring for her family as a Proverbs 31, she did so with joy. And in her heart, she began to think of how near God was to her. And God was so near to her. And she went and sat down for a few moments. And she wrote, I need thee every hour. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now. my. And she just got overwhelmed. She wrote those, those words of that song that's in our hymn book. I need thee every hour. That song blessed her. About a year later, it was put to music, and her words were put to music, and they began to sing it. Little did she know that just a matter of a few years in her 40s, her husband would die suddenly. And she said later in life, the song that God used to comfort me was, I need thee every hour. Who'd ever think that I was writing words as a 36-year-old mother? writing words that soon were going to be the words for my life. Friend, COVID, you have done so very well. There's no church in America that's gone through more than you have, I don't think. Sitting under these airplanes, 500 flights a day, all that you have done, all that you have tried to do to do it right, I'm just so proud of the church. But guard your decisions. You cannot make a mistake. Your life, your marriage, your children, your future depends on good decisions. Let's stand together, shall we, tonight, please? Our Father, tonight, we need you. We cannot be careless in decision-making. We must make decisions that would honor Christ. I pray for our church family tonight. Our guests that are here, may we be a people that walk by faith, trusting your will, trusting in the work of God, in the word of God, in the will of God, in the house of God, in God's man. And I say that I feel so feeble. In submission to God, faith in God, waiting on God. These children of Israel, these ladies said, we just, want, we just want the name. We don't want anything else. May we want more than just a name, Christian. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.